What's going on, good people, and welcome to Live by the Three Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on X at Live by the Zero Three. So on Valentine's Day, February 14th, the Raptors had one more game before the All Star break, and I think if there is a team that needs an all, an All Star break, it's definitely the Raptors. And it hasn't been a secret as to how. Scotty has been perceived this season and more specifically over the last couple of days and after the San Antonio Spurs lost him leaving early conflicting messages from Scotty Darko it definitely gave the vibes that we are a team that's struggling on and off the court we know what it's been like with this team with the struggles that they've had the slow starts the lack of effort the not getting back on defense the turnovers you name it and to have off-court issues now I know it's a rebuilding team, but you certainly do not want to have so many things going on at once. Really and truly, the priority should be the development of your young players. The pivot to the BBQ era and Barrett, Barnes, and quickly. The reintroduction of Grady Dick. That's what should be the focus. And I think we definitely lost sight of the big picture after that Spurs game. But they had a chance to put that all behind them. Welcoming back a familiar face, Pascal Siakam and the Indiana Pacers as the Raptors played host to them at Scotiabank Arena. An Indiana Pacers team that was without Miles Turner, who was dealing with flu-like symptoms, Benedict Matherin, dealing with a right knee issue, Jalen Smith was another player that was unavailable for tonight's game, and I might be missing another, the Raptors were healthy and ready to go, and taking on an Indiana Pacers team, a very good Indiana Pacers team, on an emotional night, welcoming back Pascal Siakam, who had an introduction, a thank you video, a standing ovation, well-deserved for one of the best Raptors to ever do it, and somebody that I definitely felt should have still been a Raptor, but... (laughs) We already know how I feel about that, and there are previous pods, and there was a more recent pod to really reflect my true feelings about that particular deal. But let's talk about the game itself. Something that the Raptors have failed to do this season was get off to good starts, and hot starts at that. They came out like an energized team. They came out like a team that knew that you had to bring that energy, bring that fight if you're going to take on a a high-scoring Indiana Pacers team. And and I thought that the Raptors came out with a sense of purpose and a sense of urgency. And it was being led by Scotty Barnes. He he was definitely in attack mode. He was not shying away from any opportunities. He put up 22 shots tonight. Went 0 for 4 from 3, but 5 for 5 from the free throw line. That is a slight indication of how aggressive Scotty was tonight. While his aggression led to a lot of offensive opportunities for those around him, it also led to a lot of turnovers, six turnovers for Scotty Barnes tonight. But his ability to get into the paint, his ability to draw defenses, like this is his thing now, and he was able to make capable reads. Eight assists is nothing to stick your nose at, even chipped in with 12 rebounds and, of course, the 29 points. But if Scotty's going to have a bad game, this is the type of approach you want him to take. And maybe there was some motivation going against Pascal Siakam tonight, a changing of the guard, if you will. And Pascal got off to a slow start. I'm sure the emotions running high certainly contributed into that. But the Raptors were playing him aggressively. Scotty was playing him aggressively. Did not take no prisoners, especially when he was being guarded by Pascal. 
Bruce Brown taking on his former club. He was certainly aggressive on the offensive end. He was aggressively cutting, leaking out in transition. He was all he was everywhere tonight. RJ Barrett was certainly in bully ball mold tonight, especially when he was being guarded by fellow Canadian Andrew Nemhard. The Raptors made it a priority to hunt down that particular mismatch, and RJ certainly went to work. Jakob Pertl was pretty good on the offensive end, not too shabby on the defensive end. I thought that in some dribble handoff possessions, but overall, the Raptors came out aggressive. They were shooting the ball well, taking high percentage shots. I believe at one point, they were shooting 69% in the second quarter, and going into halftime, they were still between the high 50s. But as much as I've been talking about the Raptors at the start of the game, the Pacers were right there with them. Tyrese Halliburton was a little bit questionable with his hamstring, but he looked like an all-star tonight. His ability to attract the defenses, and I definitely felt that the Raptors struggled with the defensive assignments tonight. I felt that they were focusing a lot on Pascal Siakam and leaving Tyrese Halliburton on an island by himself, and that's certainly something that you do not want to do. And, you know, for somebody with a bum hamstring, he certainly went to work tonight. 21 points, 12 assists on 6 for 13 shooting from the field, 5 for 9 from 3, and 4 for 5 from the free throw line. His ability to create separation in that herky-jerky style makes him borderline unguardable at times. You got to play him for the drive. You got to play him for the three. Literally, you have to pick your poison with him. But it was the three-point shooting of the Pacers tonight that really kept them in the game. And the Raptors led for most of the game. But whenever the Raptors would go on a run, the Pacers would go on a run. Whenever the Raptors would answer back with a run of their own, they would hit a couple threes to cut into the deficit. And it was just a, a track meet for most of the night. And the Raptors certainly dominated in the first half. But in the second half, the Pacers kind of imposed their will. The three-point shooting, the three-point shooting, as I mentioned, kept a minute. The Raptors turning over the ball 15 times certainly didn't do them any favors, but it created a lot of opportunities for the Pacers on the opposite end. But what it really came down to in the closing moments of this game was Pascal Siakam, who got off to a very slow start, but ended up finishing the game with 23 points. 7 assists, 5 rebounds, an 8 for 17 shooting from the field, 1 for 3 from 3, and 6 for 9 from the free throw line. When they needed a bucket, their two best players in Tyrese Halliburton and Pascal Siakam got it done. Pascal hitting tough buckets, tough fadeaways, tough drives at the basket, you name it. Pascal did exactly what he used to do for the Raptors, for the Pacers tonight, and that is close out games. And the Raptors had an opportunity to force overtime. It was a great play from Darko, one of the few this season. He got the ball to Jakob on the wing, closest to the sideline, and it seemed like the play was for RJ to set a screen for Emmanuel quickly and to get a drive towards the basket. Unfortunately, Jakob missed quickly. He was left standing by himself for an open layup, and it ended up going back to RJ. He found a mismatch on, I believe his name was Ben Shepard, he backed him all the way down. Kudos to Shepard for playing good defense and not biting on the fakes. RJ took a fadeaway jumper in the paint. It simply just took a bad bounce, and the Raptors lose a very entertaining, exciting game. I definitely wish that they came out with the same kind of urgency against the Spurs, but we will not reflect on the past too much 
And they competed until the very last possession, even when they lost the lead and they could have easily just rolled over and died like we've seen them multiple times this season. But they kept fighting. Scotty kept fighting. Boucher gave them great minutes, and we're going to talk about him tonight. I've always said if you're going to lose a game, go down swinging, and the Raptors definitely did that with a 127-125 loss against the Indiana Pacers, where the Pacers shot 47 for 97 from the field at 49%, 17 for 41 from three, which was all the difference tonight at 42%, and 16 for 23 from the free throw line at just under 70%. The Raptors shot a blistering 50 for 98 from the field at 51%, and this was also the difference in the game for the Raptors, six for 26 from three at 23%, and 19 for 26 from the free throw line, giving them 73%. As we look at the other stats, the Raptors dominated in almost every category. They dominate off the glass, 56-39, 15 offensive rebounds, 84 points in the paint, 16 second chance points, 40 fast break points to the Pacers, 10, and the points off turnovers favored the Pacers, obviously, at 14 and 10. The Raptors won in the areas that they're supposed to win at and in the areas that is going to help them win games, but tonight it just simply came down to the turnovers and the three-point shooting, but mainly the three-point shooting. Six for 26. Gary Trent going two for six. Barrett going one for three. Quickly going one for five. Scotty going 0 for four. Grady going one for four. You're going to have a tough time winning games if you're not able to get consistent three-point shooting. And the Pacers did tonight. Ben Shepard going two for four. McDermott going three for nine. Obi Toppin going two for five. Halliburton five for nine. Nemhard two for three. Neesmith two for seven. Pascal one for three. They got consistent production in that area. Exchanging two for threes is not going to get the job done. But a few takeaways from tonight's game would have to be the response of Scotty Barnes. He played like a franchise player tonight. He played with a sense of urgency. He played with aggression. And he was looking for his opportunities. He did not defer. He made high percentage plays. Like I said, the six turnovers is not something to be proud of. You loved his response tonight. This is a young player that is continuing to figure things out, who's now taking the reins. He's a franchise player. It comes with huge responsibilities. But if this team is going to have any success, Scotty's going to have to be on point every single night. Now, does he need to score 30 and 12 every single night? No. Does he have to score 29, 12 and 8 like he did tonight? No, he does not. But Scotty has to be aggressive. Scotty has to be aggressive on the glass. He has to be aggressive on the offensive end. He continues to make strides on the defensive end. He continues to do it all, and he's going to have to be that player every single night. Heavy the head that wears the crown, and Scotty is wearing that crown right now, so it comes with a huge amount of responsibility. I definitely think that him leaving the floor early was definitely overblown, and I think the fan base made it a much bigger deal than it needed to be. I'm not excusing him from anything. It was not a good look. But it's not the end of the world, especially when this team has much bigger issues. But the fact that he came out being that bludgeoning force that he can be every single night and did his part to help give the Raptors a shot at winning this basketball game, you got to tip your hat off for him to respond the way that he did tonight. Certainly impressive stuff. The second takeaway from tonight's game would have to be the Raptors' defense. Now, There wasn't great defense being played on either side. It was definitely situational and team getting some key stops and key moments. But I definitely felt that the Raptors' aggressiveness on defense 
Now, I do know that I've been, one, talking about them and their effort on the defensive end, but they definitely were getting back in transition, and they did limit a lot of those transition opportunities where the Pacers will excel at. But I definitely felt like their half-court defense was a little bit too aggressive, and especially in the closing moments. Double-teaming Pascal is not something you want to do, especially when you got Tyrese Halliburton on the floor. You will live with those buckets, and Isaiah Jackson was an absolute force tonight, 15 points and 11 rebounds, giving him a double-double. But I thought they gambled a bit too much when they didn't have to. And kudos to Pascal for scoring in some of those double teams and, and trying to find those advantages in those moments. It definitely helps when you have space to operate, something that he did not have here as a Toronto Raptor, especially in the later parts of his tenure. But I thought that was a mistake from the Raptors tonight. I thought that they had the ability and they were playing well enough that they could play them straight up. And it was just a missed opportunity there. And lastly, it would have to be the effort tonight. The Raptors came out with a sense of purpose, like I said, a sense of urgency. They came out aggressive. They came out energized. And this is what you would expect from a young team. You want them to continue to build on this season and, and build on games like this. If you're going to lose, well, go down swinging. Go down fighting. Go down being the best version of yourselves. And I definitely felt that they showed a little bit of that tonight. They showed a little bit of that resilience. They showed a little bit of that fight. They showed a little bit of that scrappiness that we saw against Charlotte. We saw against OKC. This is the way that the Raptors are going to have to play basketball. Now, they're definitely going to have to clean things up on the defensive end. They're definitely going to have to try to be a little bit more disciplined and, and keep the opposition honest. But I definitely feel like this is a step in the right direction. If you're going to have a bad game like you did against San Antonio... It's about how you respond in the next one. And they definitely responded tonight. And I think not only myself, but this fan base will be satisfied if we are seeing this kind of effort every single night. But let's quickly go into the individual performances tonight. Like I mentioned, Scotty Barnes, a fabulous game from him. Minus the six turnovers, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Jakob Pertl, solid game offensively. He's been piecing it together as of late on the offensive end. And the Raptors have been prioritizing him on the offensive end, and he's one of the better finishers in the paint. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, on 8-15 shooting from the field, and 3-4 from the free throw line. Gary Trent Jr., he struggled tonight on the offensive end. He did get a couple threes to go, but I loved his aggressiveness when he was not providing on the offensive end. 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. If you can get this kind of production from Gary in other areas, and... Some consistent shooting, it'll be a welcome addition for the Raptors, and I think he's very capable of that. I definitely don't think that he needs to be struggling on the offensive end to make these other areas of his game a priority. I think he can find a healthy balance of that. If he can give you around 13 to 15 points a game with three rebounds, three assists, I think you are definitely going to be happy with Gary Trent production at that point. RJ Barrett definitely looked a lot healthier tonight. He was... Very aggressive on the offensive end. He was aggressive on hunting down mismatches. When RJ has his mind made up and he's getting downhill, he is very hard to stop. Now, defensively, it was not very consistent, but he makes it up in other areas. 23 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, a 9 for 17 shooting from the field, 1 for 3 from 3, and 4 for 8 from the free throw line. You definitely want him to knock down his free throws as he's a bludgeoning force getting to the rim every single time. You, you want him to convert on those free throw opportunities. Emmanuel quickly, a much better game offensively, continues to struggle from three, 
But I thought there was a healthy balance between his offense and his playmaking tonight. I thought he didn't force it. I thought he played within the offense. And he took his opportunities when it was available to him. And he was active on the defensive and didn't get any steals. But you love that he took that side of the ball series tonight. 14 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists on 5 for 11 shooting from the field. 1 for 5 from 3 and 3 for 3 from the free throw line. As for the role players, Kelly Olenek, seven minutes tonight, two rebounds. He left with a lower back issue. Uh, Jordan Nawara, I believe he got hurt. He had a shoulder issue taking on the likes of Pascal. Two rebounds, one assist. Certainly hope that his injury is not too serious in only five minutes. Uh, Oshai Obaji got a three to go and got an assist to go as well. And Grady Dick did not shoot the ball well tonight, but I loved his activity. I love that he was putting the ball on the floor and getting to the rim. And I love that he competes on the defensive end. And if your shot's not going to go, similar to Gary Trent, what are you going to do to help your team win? And I definitely felt that he made that effort tonight. Seven points, one rebound, one assist, one steal on three for seven shooting from the field, one four from three. As I mentioned, Bruce Brown, probably one of his better games as a Raptor, was aggressive on the offensive end, was aggressive on defense, got out in transition, was great moving off ball. Not a bad game from him, 12.3 rebounds three assists one steal and last but definitely not least chris boucher in 11 minutes 10 points four rebounds one steal one block on four for five shooting from the field over one from three two for four from the free throw line chris was moving off ball he was running in transition was aggressive on defense got a steal and a block to go tonight he basically gave you a point a minute there is absolutely no reason why chris boucher should be on the bench and he reminded Darko what he's able to do for the Raptors on any given night. He's a spark plug. He brings that energy. He brings that intensity coming off the bench. And the Raptors this season has lacked. And the Raptors this season have lacked energy and effort. And Chris Boucher is just exactly that. He's all effort. He's all hustle. And he produces when he gets opportunities. And hopefully we're not going to see Chris Boucher buried on the bench moving forward. And with that loss, the Raptors are 19-36 and on the season. They are on an extended break due to NBA All-Star Weekend, and I hope and pray that you enjoy all of it, and I pray that they do as well and come back with a new sense of purpose for the later half of this season. But when they do return, they will be taking on the Brooklyn Nets on February 22nd on a Thursday night. A Brooklyn Nets team that has a better, a Brooklyn Nets team that has a better record than the Raptors. Don't know how that happened, but it's only a couple games, but still. It's the Brooklyn Nets. They're going through... A much harsher rebuild, at least so I thought. But this is not a team that should be taken lightly. This is a team that has a lot of similarities. They're a team that likes to control the glass. They're a team that likes to run out. They're a team that likes to shoot a lot of threes. The Raptors don't shoot a lot of threes per se, but they should. And the Nets are 13th in the association, scoring around 37% from three. And they take care of the basketball, so those transition opportunities might be far and few for the Raptors, but I think if we look at the keys to victory, I think the Raptors have to take care of the basketball. They do not want to give the Nets a lot of opportunities. Keep the defense honest, run them off the three-point line, maintain that same kind of effort and intensity on getting back on defense. You definitely don't want to make it easy on them. And more importantly, come out with that sense of urgency every single game. You do not want to be a stepping stone for any team in the association, and I think and I think for a rebuilding team, these are the good habits that you need to practice. If you're going to work hard every single night, 
might as well do it right down to the very last second. Don't give up halfway. Don't give up in between. Maintain that same level of intensity for 48 minutes and increase your chances of winning the basketball game. I think the Raptors are a great team on paper. I think Coach Darko is still struggling to figure things out. But when they do, positive things happen. And we've seen examples of that as of late. So hopefully they will continue to build off of tonight's loss and hopefully turn this negative into a positive. And I'll leave it off there, folks. Thank you to all listeners new and all for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. I, too, will be taking a break for NBA All-Star Weekend. So there might be a weekly pod in between that. There's definitely one that was dropped the night before tonight's game with Kenyon from Basketball Rewind, Mac from Running Off the Screen, and Nigel Nicholas from Raptors Republic and the Forgetful Curator. So check that out. It's a great banter pod. That should hold you over until next week. If there's any updates, I will definitely be tweeting them. So stay locked in wherever you can, but specifically on X. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll mean so much if you take the time to do so. And until the next episode, happy NBA All-Star Weekend. I pray that you all enjoy it. And let's root for our guy this weekend, Scotty Barnes. Let's continue to root for him through the best of times, through the worst, and everything in between. And until then, everyone, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe, good people. Peace.